This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 3rd, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The debt deal was supposed to deal with debt. It doesn't. It was supposed to call markets and rating houses. It didn't. Most immediately, it was supposed to cut spending over the next decade. It doesn't do that either. Jagadish Gokhale, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. If the goal here was to calm fears in credit markets and to reassure credit rating agencies and creditors that the United States has, how would you evaluate Congress's performance here? Well, I'm disappointed uh, on all counts. If the objective was to calm fears in the uh, capital markets, this deal is very, very small relative to the size of the problem we face down the road. Uh, we know that Social Security and Medicare alone uh, have budget shortfalls to the tune of $40 trillion looking forward 75 years. That means these programs have a structural imbalance built into the current policies on these programs. Uh, and it's not uh, nowhere close uh, to being resolved with a deal that uh, reduces deficits over 10 years by just $2.5 trillion. It's just a drop in the bucket relative to the size of the problem. So if markets uh, down the road are concerned about uh, whether this problem will recur, how soon it will recur, uh, what are going to be the uh, policies that they will have to contend with over the next uh, few months uh, and the next couple of years. Uh, this deal puts in place so many complicated procedures and frameworks for uh, achieving the goal of cutting $2.5 trillion that uh, just on that count alone, market uncertainty is probably uh, even greater now than it was uh, Earlier. So just to clarify then, what markets want is a steady, dependable uh, tax regulatory landscape uh, in which that they can make investment decisions, longer-term investment decisions, and this deal, you're saying, has not appreciably changed uh, the situation. That's right, because uh, even though Congress has settled on the size of the deal, that is, cutting $2.5 trillion in uh, deficits, however that's achieved, whether through spending cuts exclusively or through some tax increases, uh, that's up to the uh, so-called super committee that Congress is now uh, going to appoint uh, in this process. And the super committee uh, can decide on any combination of measures and exactly what sectors or businesses those measures will uh, fall upon in terms of raising the cost of doing business or uh, increasing the cost of hiring workers and so on. It's uh, up in the air. As to credit rating agencies, Egan Jones is a nationally recognized statistical rating organization, one of the uh, several that uh, have been approved since 2006. Um, they've already downgraded U.S. debt. Uh, Moody's, S&P, Fitch, all still have a, a sort of an uneasy outlook uh, toward U.S. debt. How has Congress performed with regard to reassuring credit rating agencies 
that a downgrade is unnecessary? Well, this is a somewhat complicated question. We know that the S&P and other ratings agencies issued warnings, and they uh, downgraded the outlook on the U.S. economy uh, a couple of months ago. Now, these are the big three. These are the the big big three, three. exactly. Uh, Whether that announcement of an issue of a negative outlook for the U.S. was politically motivated to kind of spur lawmakers into achieving a debt deal quickly, or whether they really meant it is unclear. If they actually did mean it, then this debt deal, as I said, is a drop in the bucket relative to the size of the problem we face. So over the medium term, maybe it generates some confidence that things won't financial markets won't be become unstable or there won't be turmoil over the short term. But over the medium term or long term, this debt deal does not do a whole lot to raise market confidence. And therefore, if that was the uh, horizon over which ratings agencies were uh, looking at, that's the horizon they were looking at in order to judge the credibility of uh, U.S. debt, then not a whole lot has changed, in my opinion. If the goal here then were to just, leaving all that aside, to just cut spending uh, in a credible way, how have they performed? Well, cutting spending in a credible way has been achieved to the tune of $2.5 trillion over the next 10 years. Maybe it's not quite $2.5 trillion. It'll end up being only $2.1 trillion. But roughly that benchmark will be met through the procedures that Congress has put in place. But I know that given the size of the shortfalls that Social Security and Medicare, just to name two programs out of the entire federal government's uh, panoply of programs, just these two programs face a $40 trillion shortfall over 75 years. That's a present value shortfall, meaning it will accrue interest as the years pass by. After 10 years, the $40 trillion shortfall will accrue interest of $13 trillion. And therefore, comparing $13 trillion to $2.5 trillion, it's easy to see that this deal doesn't really improve the government's fiscal condition after 10 years. It risks actually going the wrong way. It actually will worsen uh, at the end of 10 years. Now, just to clarify, once again, when you say $40 trillion present value, you're talking about $40 trillion in today's dollars uh, That's that correct. The it, dollars that are adjusted for inflation and adjusted for the time cost of money. That so is discounted by the governments. The obligations then are several times larger than the U.S. economy. In terms of just sheer dollars that have to be paid out, if you just add the dollars without adjusting for inflation or the time cost of money, then it's much bigger than $40 trillion. So the $40 trillion can be interpreted as the amount of money you need to have on hand today in order to uh, avoid making any policy changes to these programs. Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.